Worship's acceptance is based on pleasing the sovereign rather than pleasing the self. See, worship is all about him. It ain't about us. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford, Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, and glad you're with us today as we continue to look at the subject matter of faith. We're in Hebrews chapter 11, looking at verse 4 today, and the name Abel is going to come up in our message today, and most of us are familiar with the story of Cain killing his brother Abel. There's a rift between these two brothers that started when they came to sacrifice, to worship the Lord. And uh, Abel offered a uh, sacrifice that was pleasing the Lord. Cain did not. How do you see people in the church today trying to offer, quote-unquote, their sacrifices to the Lord in a way that's totally missing the mark? Uh, Well, I think... We have ongoing controversy in many of our churches about worship, especially uh, the music. Uh, I uh, contrast it with uh, faith versus feeling. Uh, Mm. So you have those who think worship should be cerebral, and there are those who think worship should be celebrative. Uh, So in our assembly, you've been there, Steve. It's kind of lively and uh, animated and some folk will walk out of our services if it's not that way and say, church was dead today, you know. Yeah, and, and I so didn't that feel was their, it. Yeah, that yeah. was their evaluation. And so they have a wrong comprehension. Then there were those who, you know, if you go somewhere, there's a praise band and, and uh, music is blaring and, and the smoke, uh, you know, smoke machine is going. And I've actually been at some services oh, yeah where smoke machine was being being utilized and some of the teenagers that's the baby boomers they're saying you know what a travesty against god when when i think we need to look at what the bible says and how god prescribes worship in spirit and in truth hmm. and uh that's the basic distinction spirit that's the holy spirit truth that's the holy scriptures they come together and what do they give us they give us feelings and faith. They give us heart and head. Uh, we understand uh, that it's not either or, it's both and. We ought to be engaged in worship, but led by the Holy Spirit and dictated by the truth of God's word. That's what ought to generate the response, not the music. I mean, it's kind of like people need the, they need the organ to fire them up. They need the choir to sing them up, the deacons to pray them up, the preacher to preach them up, and the ushers to wake them up. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you ought to be able to worship. Look at some of the great worship scenes. There mm-hmm. wasn't any musicians, choir, music, uh the individuals, if you read through the Psalms, like David, he's just with the Lord and he's worshiping the Lord out of a heart that's filled with gratitude for God. Love that. Well, we're going to get into our message today from Hebrews chapter 11. We're picking up in verse 4 as we begin a message entitled, How Faith Worships. Here is Pastor Ford. So I have a money pen. I know what you're thinking. What what do you need with a money pen? Well, when I first saw it, I was fascinated by it. Anybody remember when you first saw a money pen? You went in. I was in the store, and I went in the store. I was shopping, and uh, uh, I I know it was was a big bill. 
because I'm a big eater. And uh, I gave her a 20, and then I was counting out the rest of it. And she took this pen, and she marked on it. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm not bashful. If I, if I want to know something, I'm going to ask. And so I said, I said, I said, uh, uh, what is that? What is, what is that? What is, what's it called? And she said, uh, sir, are you going to hold up the line? I said, well, I'm passing my money. While I'm passing my money, can you just tell me what it is? She said, it's a money pen. And I said, oh, that's fascinating. It's a money pen? She said, yeah. She said, see, I just put the money pen on your money. And if your money is genuine, it turns yellow. And if your money is counterfeit, it turns black. I said, wow, now as a pastor, that, that amazed me. And I began to, in my sanctified imagination, say, man, as a pastor, you know what I would like? A Christian pen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's people come in to worship. As you come in, I have the ushers have pens and just hit you with it. <laughs> to see if a yellow mark turns up or a black mark turns up. To see if you're genuine or generic. Because everybody that's in church ain't in Christ. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah, I, I want to know. Boom, are you a believer or are you a, boom, a make-believer? I, I want to know, uh, are you a boom, a worshiper or are you a boom, wannabe? I want to know, you have faith uh, or are you just a fake? Uh, I'm going to hit you with the Christian pen so that I can find out who's Millie Vanilli Christian in here. Ah, yeah, 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 because... The truth be known, everybody in church ain't in Christ. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, at least I come to church. Well, that's good. Praise the Lord. And if you come and you meet Jesus, that's what it's all about. Uh, but it, yeah, at least you come because you heard about the three preachers that were talking. And they all had bats in the belfry of the church. And, and the one said, uh, man, I tried to get them out by poisoning them, but they wouldn't even eat the poison. They're still there. Can't get them out. Second one said, yeah, I had traps set and got them all, took them 200 miles away, let them go because I didn't want to kill them, and they beat me back to church. Third one said, I ain't got no problems. Said, what did you do? Well, I baptized them, made them members, and I ain't seen them since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I, I just want to warn some of us. You want to know why? Because the devil doesn't care if you go to hell from the club or from the church. Mm -hmm. now, now, some of you don't believe that he comes to church, but he does. Revelation 12 says he goes to heaven. And I know if he goes to heaven, he comes to church. And remember what Romel told us, if the devil can't destroy your church, he'll join it. So don't be surprised if the devils know how to hold up their hands. Don't be surprised if the devils say amen and shout. Don't be surprised if devils tithe and serve on elder boards and deacon boards and, and uh, uh, you know, helping the helping the helping boards. And uh, So as we begin to look at this text, we find that, you, you know, I, I shouldn't even do this, but, but, but I, I have to, I have to. Because uh, I, I, wonder, I wonder how many ghetto Christians are in here. So you know you're a ghetto Christian if you lie on your application to get a job and then give a testimony in the church, the Lord make a way somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know you're a ghetto Christian uh, if a visitor sits in your seat and you say, that's my seat. 
Yeah, yeah. You know you're a ghetto Christian uh, when you're getting baptized and you tell the pastor, only from the neck down because I just got my hair did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know you're a ghetto Christian if you won't lift your hands in worship because you just broke one of your acrylic nails. Uh, yeah, yeah. This, 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 I like this one, too. You know you're a ghetto Christian if you buy hot merchandise and testify that the Lord blessed you with a TV. Yeah, you know you're a ghetto Christian if somebody said, we got fed at church today, and you say, y'all had chicken? I couldn't resist it. I couldn't, I couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. The reality is that there are only two kinds of individuals in here today. Those who worship the Lord their way and those who are worshiping Yahweh. Those who worship based on what they do as opposed to those who understand that worship is based on what Christ did. That's the only two kinds of people. I'm here to tell you today that what you believe determines what you bring. Show me what's in your hand and I'll tell you what's in your heart. Now, some of you don't have to worry about it because you ain't got nothing in your hand. Some of you are so tight, you tight as the bark on a tree. But this text says, show me what's in your hand and I'll tell you what's in your heart. Now the text says as much if you'll look at it. There are two brothers in verse 4, Cain and Abel. Both went to church. Now you see this in Genesis chapter 4 verses 1 through 16. I can't go all the way back there and, and read those because that would make the message longer. So I'll make some references to it but I won't go back and read it. Amen? Amen. And so the text tells us that they both went to church and they both brought sacrifices to God. So it wasn't that he wasn't at church. Everybody sees what the introduction was all about, right? I'm talking to people who are in church, but not in Christ. And so they both went. They both had something in their hand. They both gave in the offering. They both raised their hand. They both said, hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus. They both said, I love you, Lord. But Abel had a slain animal, and Cain brings produce. And as they come into the service, God takes out his Christian pen, and he says, whoop, Abel, a saint. Whoop, Cain, an ain't. He marks them with his Christian pen. Let me just say this as I digress. You know, nothing pleases God as much as an open hand and a closed mouth. So both worship, but only Abel's worship was acceptable to God. See, Cain had religious reformation, but he didn't have spiritual transformation. And so you and I have to ask ourselves, as a matter of fact, help me out. Ask your neighbor, are you Cain or are you Abel? Tell them, if you have Jesus Christ, then you are able. You'll get that on the way home. <laughs> You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled, How Faith Worships, really a look at Abel from Hebrews chapter 11. 
We're going to get back to this message in just one moment, but you've probably heard that Pastor Ford has written a number of books. You can check out those books when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on that link on the left side of the homepage, and you'll see the different titles available as a paperback or in an ebook format. Again, our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. Let's get back to the message. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. Now, here's what the Bible says. It says, verse 4, by faith. So then it sets the parameters for the distinction of the acceptance of God. Why did God accept Abel? Why did he reject Cain? By faith. That is, that Abel had faith and Cain did not. So what was in Abel's hand was reflective of the fact that he had faith, and what was in Cain's hand was a reflection that he did not. Okay, let me see if I can help you. Uh, Because you're saying, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I believe in Jesus. Do you believe Jesus? So what are you talking about? Well, in in, in 1985, uh, there was a movie. It starred Chris Sheridan, and he won uh, an award in the horror film genre uh, because of it. Uh, Best actor in the horror film genre. Roddy McDowell played the professor. And uh, William Blaisdell uh, was, the, was the young man who uh, had Dracula move next door to his crib. And Dracula started hitting on his mama. Anybody remember Fright Night? Anybody see Fright Night? Okay, some of y'all did. Well, so those of you who didn't, Fright Night challenged people. So he moved next door and started hitting on this boy's mama. And he realized, wait a minute. I only see this guy at night. I don't trust him. I think he's a vampire. And nobody would believe him except Roddy McDowell, who was the professor. And he said, listen, the only way we can defeat Dracula, we got to have a cross and a stake. And, you know, I say, whoever wrote that got that out of scripture. Think about it. Dracula represents the devil. And what is he afraid of? The cross and the crucifixion and lights. Oh, y'all get that on the way home. Anyway, back to my story. So, so they're out looking for him, and they find him. And they come up to him, and Roddy McDowell holds that cross up. And uh, Dracula takes the cross, crumbles it up in front of his face, and throws it on the floor. Roddy McDowell's chin's already on the floor. His eyes are as big as saucers. He's in amazement. And Dracula says, I know you're wondering why. That cross did not work. And this is what he said, Rich. He said, it only works if you believe it. You see what he was saying? That you can have a cross in your hand, around your neck, on your ear, or on your ears. Uh, But the only cross that matters is the one that Jesus hung on. Are you clinging to the old rugged cross where Jesus died for you and for me? See, if you don't believe, it don't work. And so he didn't believe and it didn't work. We've got to be like the songwriter. Nothing in my hand I bring. Only to thy cross I cling. Jesus went to hell for us so that we could go to heaven with him. And you got to have that faith. What faith? You know that faith of the second birth. See, you, you, you need to be born twice. See, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once, maybe. So then the first birth, your mama told you about. But the second birth, you tell your mama about it. 
And so it is that new birth in Jesus Christ that he is God in the flesh that died, was buried, and rose again the third day. It's the only salvation. Acts 4.12, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So here's the theme. Here's the theme of the text. The theme of the text is tailored to teach this timeless truth that worship's acceptance is based on pleasing the sovereign rather than pleasing the self. So then here's what people walk out of church talking about. We had church today, child. You know what this generally means? Whatever went on, I felt good about it. But that's the wrong question. You don't ask how you felt after you left God's presence. You ask, how did God feel after I left his presence? See, worship is all about him. It ain't about us. I ain't gonna get no help in here. And he says, he tells us, now, how does faith work then? This faith uh, that worships, so that worship is acceptable to the sovereign and not just to the self, he says, how does it work? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are four aspects to how this faith works, that worship is acceptable to the sovereign, not the self. Let's walk through it and let's see what the text tells us. First of all, when faith worship, it brings an acceptable sacrifice. Notice in the text. Text says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. If you're taking notes, letter A would be, this sacrifice was prescribed by God. It wasn't a suggestion. But then secondly, it was pleasing to God. So when we have an acceptable sacrifice, we must know, and the Bible says this, John 4, 24, God is spirit and they that worship him must bring the required ingredients, spirit and truth. And of course, we know that it's the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures that he has in mind. So then you have the conveying of the necessity of the sacrifice. Now, scholars are not agreed. They don't know whether it was the parents or the person of God where they got this information. But they both got the information. But we do know somebody told them. Either their parents told them, and they got it from God, so it's revelation, or God told them directly. And then Brother Adams, uh, where is he, where is he, where is he? He pointed out to me at Sunday school, he said, he said, well, remember now in Genesis 4, God spoke to Cain personally. So he said, I believe he told him personally. I said, okay, I'll tell him that. Maybe talk to you about it. But here's my point. You cannot have faith for what you have not heard. You've got to hear something in order to have faith. So in order to know what is acceptable to God, you got to hear from God. Okay, I mean, we've been talking about it, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by and hearing by the, that's right. So then you are held accountable because God has told you. So if it's the person of God, just like in Genesis 4, he spoke to both of those boys personally. And he said, let me tell you what is acceptable to me. Uh, he spoke to them personally and said, this is the kind of sacrifice that I want. I want a blood sacrifice. So then, here's my point. If God told them, you know what it teaches us? God will always reach those who want to be reached. Because if he told them both, then Abel listened and Cain didn't. Just like all of us in here. 
There are some of us that are going to listen to God in the area of our finances. And there are some of us who are going to say, you've got to be kidding me. There are some of us that are going to listen to God in the area of our sexuality. And there are some of us who say, it's my thing. I do what I want to do. There's some in here who are going to say, oh, yes, I know that all of my solutions are, come from the Bible. And there are going to be those who say, I need to go see my psychiatrist. And so Abel listened and Cain didn't. But God will always reach those who want to be reached. If you don't have Christ, it's because you don't want Christ. Because we give the gospel in this place at least 10 or 12 times every service. Every service. And some folk up in here, up in here, are here every Sunday and still don't know Jesus. Still don't know him. Still don't know him. And you know, the barber and the preacher, preacher went to get his hair cut. And uh, barber said, you know, you're always talking about God. But, uh, you know, if he, God's so good, yeah, he is good. God is good. The Bible says that. And uh, he said, well, if he's so good, look at that. Look at that degradation. Look at the depravity. Look at the things that are, why does he let this go on? He's God. You say he's sovereign. How come he doesn't do something about that man over there or that man over there or that man over there? So preacher was the last customer. He didn't say anything. As they were walking to their respective vehicles, the preacher said, look at that guy over there. And he was unkempt, unshaven, hair all down to his shoulders, beard all the way down to his belly. I mean, he looked bad. And uh, the preacher said, how come you let that man Walk around looking like that. You're a barber, and a barber is supposed to make somebody look good. Look at how he looks. Barber said, wait a minute, it ain't my fault. I mean, yes, I'm a barber, but, but I can only help him if he comes to me. Preacher said, that's right. That's right. That's right. Anybody that comes to God, he'll help him out. <laughs> well, are you hearing from God today? Maybe he's speaking to you through this message. Maybe convicting you about some changes that need to be made. Well, if God is using this program in your life, we'd love to know. We're always glad to hear from you. You can just fill out the contact form when you come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Well, we're living in a rapidly changing world, and it seems like overnight the moral code that we once took for granted has just been tossed aside. Battle lines are being drawn over issues like abortion, immigration, and same-sex marriage. So in these turbulent times... How are we to respond as followers of Jesus? Well, that's the topic of a book by David Platt called Counterculture. Platt draws from compelling personal stories and solid biblical exegesis to show how Christians can actively take a stand for what they believe. Contact us today with your gift of any amount and request your copy of Counterculture. Our number is 888-644-7660. That's 888-644-7660. Or come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. You know, Moody Radio exists to proclaim the Word of God to as many people as possible. And the fact that you're hearing us today points to the generosity of many listeners who see the value of this ministry and want to see it continue. And when you give a gift of any amount, you're invited to request a copy of the book, Counterculture by David Platt. We'll send it to you with our thanks. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and Pastor Ford returns again tomorrow with more passionate Bible teaching here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. <laughs>